Hello and welcome to episode 87 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and a place where we delve into all sorts of improv topics. And today we are delving into an improv topic and that topic is Whose Line Is It Anyway? And I am happy to welcome back to the show Seki Tapasueras to discuss all things Whose Line Is It Anyway? with me. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now, I will just say, I have recently had COVID. For the very first time, I managed to go sort of three years and not catch it, even though I'd been around people that had had it. Um, it really kind of took it out of me a little bit, and I'm still not 100% back to feeling myself. So I've been quite low energy. So I feel that this chat is, is perhaps reflective of that. It's just a low energy chat. Seki very kindly offered to step in and have this chat with me because um, I haven't quite been up to contacting people and weirdly the other people that I did consider sort of booking to get on the show this week uh, have also been ill. So um, I knew that the deadline was coming up. This is actually... I said last time it was the latest I've ever recorded a podcast. Uh, this, as I'm recording this right now, it's ten past seven on Sunday, the 4th of June, and this goes out on Monday, the 5th of June. So, yeah, everything you're about to hear, if you're listening in real time, it was recorded just last night. Um, so, yeah, there will be another show in a couple of weeks, and hopefully I'll be feeling a little bit better by then. And... Just before we get into things, because um, I'm bringing this to you and I'm so up to date, normally I record things sort of weeks in advance and it's, it's very hard to sort of plug things properly. As I am coming to you in real time, I just want to bring up a few things that's going on at Liverpool Comedy Improv because coming up on the 16th of June, Brian Palermo from The Groundlings in America he's coming over and he's doing a character masterclass and tickets for that it can be found on the Liverpool Comedy Improv website which is liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk just go there go to the tab that says book classes and courses and currently in there you'll see this character masterclass with Brian Palermo that's £40 for a three hour masterclass and I took the class he did with LCI during the pandemic and it was fantastic so I know you were in for a treat I also know lots of the improvisers that I've said to kind of be there so you're going to be among amazing company so uh, go check out if there's still tickets I have no idea if there are but now I've given you the big sell I hope there's at least one or two tickets left for you to get yourself on that class that's coming up there's an intro to long form coming up as well which is a six week course and that starts on the 23rd of June and that will be with Emma Bird the founder of Liverpool Comedy Improv so there are spots available for that you can check out how to book on there on the website as well and don't forget that there is a Monday night drop in every Monday and you can book onto that on the Liverpool Comedy Improv website as well so yeah lots of fun improv coming up through LCI 
And with that said, we're going to get into our chat now. Uh, this is just uh, my wonderful fiance, Seki, and I having a chat about a show that we love and a show that I know lots of you listening love too. So there we go. We're going to jump into the episode now. I hope you love this chat. Um, it's, it's always fun for me and Seki to just sit down and chat about improv because it's a great shared passion of ours. And to talk specifically about whose lines it anyway which is also a great shared passion of ours i hope you enjoy the chat as much as we enjoyed having it so this week we are talking about whose line is it anyway and welcome back to the show seki tapas whereas to discuss it with me hey thank you for having me yet again ian luke jones nice well, to be here. well it's great to have you here always great to have you here uh very much helps that i have a fellow improviser sharing a house so that when I'm running a little dry on guests. <laughs> I can just also, also, who could turn down an opportunity to talk about the show that got me into improv? Basically, yeah, it was that show. I saw it, couldn't believe it was unscripted. But I'm jumping the jumping the gun here. <laughs> Whose line is it anyway? So wh- which one, Ian? Which one? Well, I just want to know, first of all, which one was it that you discovered? Did you discover the classic British one? Did you discover the American one? And when was that that first time that you saw the show? It was the American one, actually. So it was in the mid 90s when I was still growing up, I'll say. I came across a rerun. I think it was a rerun anyway, and it was the American crew. It was Ryan Stiles, Colin Mockery, and I forget who the guests were, but I became very aware of the regular guests. There would there would always be a familiar face coming back, and Wayne Moody would be there all the time, and the singing blew me away. And yeah, and the the host was was Drew Carey. And. You just say you just saw it randomly, and then where did you go from there? Did you did you watch it? Did you start to think, oh, when's this going to be on? And like back then, like you couldn't just go on the internet and find things. So did you just have to hope to see it again, or did you specifically look for it again, get the old VHS out and record it? No, I didn't have any access to VHS recording. Uh, we dealt with um, Betamax <laughs> where I was. <laughs> that both ages me and places me somewhere very specific in time and space. But yeah, uh, there were no recordings, so it was the first. It was the it was the former that you mentioned. I, on a whim, I decided. Okay, it's on on at so and so o'clock. On this channel, there were only so many channels at this point in my life. Very, very few channels in the Philippines. And I went back to the channel and I would just catch it whenever I could. And I just absolutely inhaled anything that I saw on uh, on the reruns. I forget the name of the channel now, but when it was on, you could see that backdrop, you know, that typical stage they had, the little stairs going down, Drew Carey's desk off to the side. And then, of course, years and years later, when I saw the British version and version, uh, and realized how how basically the the look was pretty much the same, and everything, I realized, oh, the other one's older, even older. And by that time, I was in the UK when I discovered it, and I saw, I saw, is it Clive Anderson? 
yeah. hosting the original. Yeah, and and then all these all these actors that I just didn't think were connected to improv, and then all of a sudden in came Ryan Styles anyway and Colin Mockery eventually. <laughs> so I thought, oh, is it that I pieced together the story that uh, that they had come to the UK to do that, and then from then on took it to America. As as far as I know, that's how it, how, that's how it happened. See, it's funny that uh, people call it the original, the British one, the original. And it's the original TV version, and the original show was British, but it was actually a radio show originally. Oh. That was then picked up, and and they worked out a way of doing it for TV. But that is why they read the credits at the end, because that was part of the original radio format of the show, because you read the credits on the radio format. So that stuck. Because uh, I used to wonder, like, why did they bother doing this bit at the end? It's, a, it's really random, but that is why. Tradition. Yeah. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, the thing is, when I first saw the show and I showed it to my playmates, they they loved it as well. They they thought the games were really clever and great, but their attention span for for re for actually running the games was very short. I was the only one going, no, 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 I think we'll try it with this rule and that rule and let's see if we can do it. And they'd be like, well, let's, let's move on to Polly Pocket now. Let's move on to the Nintendo games. Let's move on to Mario Brothers and, and Contra and all the little games that we were also playing in the background. Let's go do our detective agency. All the little things children of that era where there was no internet did. That yeah, they they did try to indulge me though. I got a couple of games out of them. I think uh, scenes from a hat and props was a favorite with the other children. Ah, see, when I was about 14, 14, 15, I used to play Who's Lands anyway with friends. We had a, a lad who we were always allowed to just hang out at his house. I basically lived in his house for a couple of years. Like I spent most weekends there, mm. most holidays there, even like school nights. I'd be there just hanging out. Um, and yeah, we just if there was like three to six of us around, I'd always be like, "Oh, let's play Who's Lines anyway," because we used to enjoy watching it together. And yeah, we would just get stuck in, and we would sort of take turns playing the host and things like that. But I always remember that we would finish with the hoedown, just like they did on the show. So this is also like 14, just trying to like do the hoedown stuff. Um, but even even then, I think there was there was something in me then that I knew that, oh yeah, this was for me because my friends would always put me last. And the reason they put me last was because they'd say, well, none of us want to go after you. <laughs> because... <laughs> well, yeah, um, with your background in music, that that made it easy for you to pick up on the musical improv yeah. but that's the stuff you stayed away from because uh we were severely lacking in the musical components of how to put together those those games that the the hoedowns and the irish drinking song and um and you know the way when they talk to the the, the barman and then they they yeah. they they talk about their woes in song i really I really love watching that, but for the life of me, I could not. I could not do the same thing. I didn't know, but the rules, the the nice little things you can establish in the, in how you rhyme and and plan the lines, basically. That I'm sure you intuitively saw, because music was your thing from a very early age, wasn't it? 
yeah, always, always been into music. And I was already writing songs at the age of 14. So it was, it wasn't a surprise that sort of the musical sort of things called out to me even then. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I would enjoy watching the show and enjoy watching people like Colin who don't like the music and mm-hmm. seeing how like you can be bad at the music things but still be really good at the games. Yeah, well, I was just about to ask you, because the games will be there and we have our favourites, but who among the the crew was your favourite then? It's a difficult question because I think... <laughs> I think I have to say Ryan or Colin. Like when I used to watch the British version, when I was young, Ryan and Colin were the ones I was always excited to see. So when I started watching it, it was on a Friday night on Channel Four, and Friday night for me for quite a few years it would sort of consist of we'd go swimming for our swimming lessons. Then we'd have chips for tea to, to balance out the, the fitness of the swimming. <laughs> and then um, around about sort of half seven, eight o'clock, I know we'd sit down and watch Family Fortunes as a family eating our food. And then at some point, I remember there was like a really weird, like Beauty and the Beast TV show, which I think we would watch as a family. But then by nine o'clock, like my parents would have left the front room and my brother and sister would often be off doing other things and I'd just be left watching the telly. And I got into Whose Line Is It Anyway? and South Park because that was the lineup. It was Friday night was always like a comedy night on Channel 4. So it would be like, Whose Line Is It, is it Anyway? at nine o'clock. Then it'd be South Park at half nine. Then maybe Frasier or something like that afterwards. So I would just sit and just like lap up all of the comedy. Um, and Ryan and Colin... They were on the British one from kind of about the halfway point, I guess. Uh, they were there sporadically, maybe even in slightly earlier seasons, just doing one-off episodes here and there. But then it became a point where they just became staples of the show. And I think it's just because they got it so much. Because as much as I love the British one, there were a lot of people on there that actually didn't really get it. And like these are some great people. Like I've seen Jonathan Price, Stephen Fry people like that on there really actually not doing a great job in some of the games. Uh, people that always loved on the British one was Josie Lawrence. Like she was always a great one. I used to enjoy. Oh, go on. I was kind of hoping that I'd bring her up first. Oh, sorry. I absolutely adore her and I am probably one of like, no, so many of us are her biggest fans, I suppose. Yeah, and she's she's great. Um, <laughs> I think when I discovered her, it was already here in the UK because I discovered the UK version of the show um, well after I was in my 30s. So, yeah, the American one was when I was really young. But then Josie Lawrence, oh, my goodness, she was like the ultimate answer to the question, how come there's, there's so few uh, female talents on the show? that just like super duper wowed me because as you say it's always Colin and Ryan and Wayne and Brad Sherwood whom I had like the little girl crush on and uh, Greg Proops was was amazing I thought like if I were a man I would want to be like Greg Proops <laughs> in his 
humor. You know, things like that. I go through phases of who was in, who was funnier in what episode and what game, whose whose game is whose strength, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Josie Lawrence, right? When she when she first did, when I first watched that episode with her in it, I just thought, who is this lady? It was amazing. Yeah, she was great. Other other women that I really enjoyed on the show include Caroline Quentin, Sandy mm-hmm. Toxfield. They were always really good and engaging and really drew me in. And in the American version, in the Drew Carey years, uh, Kathy Greenwood, I, I really liked her. She did quite a few of the episodes. And um, I feel like in the American one in particular, mm. a lot of the the female comedians, like they didn't seem to get as much airtime, but it's just... It's, it's not that they weren't included as much, they just didn't make the final edit from, from what I can tell. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a different world then, I guess. And, and the, yeah, and I didn't see enough of them, as you say, make the final cut. And I was just, I just did, I didn't know. Um, it just didn't show, it just didn't show enough of that kind of, um, of, of that talent from, from the american episodes what does that tell you huh yeah then josie lawrence much earlier than any of them she was she was she was on fire uh, in the uk version she she grabbed attention and she was just so her 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 humor covered so much she could be so slapstick and so cerebrally funny in the same five minutes in the same three minutes she could drop the most profound thing and then the next moment make miming and 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 physical decisions in her improvising that that just it just it just kept you wanting to see more of the games so she's she's absolutely brilliant yeah and like her songs were always particularly good like in the British version and then if we're going to talk about music we have to talk about Wayne like Wayne Brady mm-hmm. just he's a machine like what he would do with the music was it still inspires me now like I can go back and watch older episodes or oh, there's even some newer episodes which still slowly making our way through which I haven't seen all yet and he's great and I just, I just don't think there's anything else like it that never has been and never will be. It's, it's just this amazing show that's influenced so many people. People that don't even follow improv, you know, don't know whose lines it anyway. And if we're trying to explain improv to people a lot of the time, we'll just be like, oh, have you seen whose lines it anyway? And that's always like an entry point. And like, I didn't officially get into improv until 2020. But I knew improv since I was young. Like I was doing improv from the age of six, but it was just sold to me as warm-up games for the drama classes I was taking. And then I learned what improv was, sort of partly through Who's Lines It Anyway. And as I got older and went and studied performing arts and then got involved in sort of teaching performing arts, I would do a lot of improv, but... Again, it was always just about warm-ups for me. And then knowing now what I know about 
improv and that you know it can be the main deal it doesn't have to just be the warm-ups uh, it, it's amazing maybe that's why i don't like warm-ups because it's not a warm-up to me it is it is the whole show yeah that could explain everything improv was warm-up in theater and in drama and to you so you just want to dive into it yeah that makes sense i've just i've just thought of chip do you okay. remember chip would be like, yes he could he could really he joined Dwayne Brady on a lot of those songs and they they made beautiful music together, didn't they? Yeah, there's Jeff as well, um, who I thought was in way more episodes than he was in the Drew Carey era, and so did lots of other people, but he was actually only in a small amount of episodes, but he was so popular that when they brought it back with Aisha Tyler as the host, the most recent incarnation, um, Jeff became a regular guest on the show because uh he was so popular and he worked so well with the others particularly wayne doing the music and things like that um but i just think it's it's opened so many eyes to improv that yeah. it's just a show that really stands the test of time i say that there are certain things that don't stand the test of time when you go back and you watch older episodes you're like oh we wouldn't get away with saying that now but they're always of their time and you can go back and watch any sort of show and think oh you wouldn't get away with that i go back and watch children's um tv programs from when i was a child that i loved and still love but i watch them now and i'm like oh you wouldn't get away with that now Things like, I mean, Marion and Merry Men, which I still love to this day, but there are certain jokes in there that were of their time. Um, so I think that just has to be accepted when you go back and watch any kind of old things or listen to old things. There are got to be things that you think, oh, they don't fly now, but they did fly at the time. So you just have to kind of respect its place in history. Yeah. Uh, even as recently as the mid noughties or you know they, they're still happening time the times are changing very quick and there are so many so many things that civil rights movements have addressed that are only a couple of years old and so yeah you, you you take any of our childhood programs whose line is it anyway uh, classics included there will be a lot of things that have not aged well but yeah there are some classic crackers that are just uh, legendary as well it's it's both of them isn't it yeah uh, now i was very fortunate to have laura hall on this show and uh, i had a wonderful chat to her about the music of the show but also sort of how the the show works a little bit and i just want to know when you were younger did you believe that everything that you saw in that final show was just it it was that was it they didn't record anything else they were just all that amazing no one had to do any retakes there were no flubs or anything like that no it was very difficult to imagine that because it all seemed so polished laura hall made it look easy so that's a testament to her talent isn't it but to me, it just looks so rehearsed. Oh, that's not rehearsed. Like, oh, they're looking at their lines. But it was just too smooth. 
Um, how did they know that they were going to finish the song? Uh, what what are the what are, are there some signals that Wayne Brady sends over, etc. And to a certain extent, I guess they need to know the unspoken rules of a tune and when you've reached the bridge and all that. There's an instinct that kicks in, right? So you got to know your music. You have to know your genres of music, I suppose. So in a way, yeah, it's like. It's like playing a game again and again because you know the rules of the game, but it's going to be a different game every single time. Same thing, I suppose, with the musical acts. Uh, but what convinced me, Ian, that it was made up was the struggle that was real with Colin Mulcrey. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Colin and his many ways of getting around singing a song, <laughs> particularly a hoedown. Yeah, and the, here's another thing that really stuck with me over the years. Whenever there was a failure at this smooth finish or this glossy talent of doing the musical stuff, whenever there was a mistake, that's where little normal childhood version of myself looked and said, hey, you don't have to be perfect to do this. I laughed even harder when there was a mistake. There was something about it that uh, screamed this is reality and we're having fun. We're just having fun. And there, I think that's the essence of improv that stuck with me that you can, you're, they're having fun on that stage and it's nothing to do with, with saying uh, picture perfect stuff, showing picture perfect uh, stuff that you would see in a play of a classic, you know, like a Shakespeare play, because the lines are just so and everything. But in improv, it changes, and and with the change comes awkwardness and chaos, and the audience loves that, and I loved it as the audience. Yeah, the the idea of these people just being on telly every week and making stuff up, and and it being like hugely entertaining. It was, there was nothing like it. And there was little things, particularly like with, with the host, for example, would always have like Clive Anderson in the British one had this sort of on-screen beef with Greg Proops. That always left me wondering, was it a real beef or is, is it just for entertainment? And then Drew would have similar things happen in that version of the show. And so I liked the little extra things like that. They're just added to the show. But I think what I love most was just how much I was actually influenced by the show, by all of the, the stars of the show, without even realising it. You know, I love mm. puns. I love sort of short-form type humour, short-form games in improv. And even before I fully discovered improv and got into it the way that I'm into it now, improv was always part of my life, mostly because of what I had learned from his lines anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think the ability to be spontaneous, once you believe that they were being spontaneous, but following a loose set of sort of like guidelines for how the games were going to be played, it showed me more than statistics ever did later about the permutations that happen in any kind of dynamic of a group. Like, like you said, weekly and everything was different. 
they always had something different. They brought something different. You could change one player. You could change two players. You could you could have you could combine two different players from last week, and you could have a gazillion new permutations of what zany, crazy thing would come out of their mouths or what idea would would cross their minds together. Yeah, it was just awesome. It just it was just the gift that kept giving, wasn't it? It was just so yeah. so good to watch. And it's great that it's all over YouTube. You know, classic whose line is all over YouTube, and I love it. I love how it was able to just transcend. Like you could watch it in America and find it funny. You could watch it in the UK and find it funny. You could watch it in the Philippines and find it funny. It was just a show, a bit like Mr. Bean. Like Mr. Bean is the most worldwide watched show for humor because you know that one doesn't rely on on being able to understand the language because it's all physical but whose line gets indicated around the world and some of the jokes are very specific to the country i when i was first getting into the american one often there would be an impression of someone that i didn't know and i would learn these people because they'd be like recurring impressions of people and i would get to learn who these people were actually from whose line because it's it's in, i guess it's kind of important to keep improv relevant so it was it was always sort of relevant with people pop culture of america if it's the american one if you go back to the, the british ones it was i guess the british ones tended to do a lot more political stuff i think that was very much um the way of british humor back in the early 90s or even in, in the 80s when the show started on the radio you know, politics was always sort of like the well that they would dip into for references and things like that and impressions and as a child i didn't necessarily understand those but i would i would learn from watching impressions of people who these people actually were well yeah yeah i know what you mean about the politics to add to that there was also just how dry it was it's very dry humor in the uk and while that translated so well in the panel shows i watched to try to get pop culture references when i when i when i migrated when i immigrated to the uk um the 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 american version had a lot more universal themes in place so that it could carry those moments that I didn't recognize because they were too American specific, you know, specific to the USA. Although, of course, culturally, I was exposed to a lot more American references because of Hollywood compared to the UK. But yeah, they, they like you say, they, they both have their own uh, characteristics so yeah watching Stephen Fry on Whose Land Is It Anyway was a very different experience from watching Stephen Fry running QI when he was the host <laughs> so it's completely different and yeah Whose Line had its own parameters that left Stephen Fry scratching his head <laughs> in the same way that he scratches his head if he has to assemble Ikea furniture <laughs> so it's a different animal the the improv thing i mean the likes of him and who else there there's so many john sessions is that his name yeah yeah uh, so you get all these 
all these people coming in and doing their thing, very, very British humor. And it was very different, dif different from the American one. And there was Tony Slattery, who was often quite manic. And then like, we discover years later why that was, because he was going through massive drug abuse issues. And yeah. um, even that, like you wouldn't get away with today. Like there were, there were lots of people that you hear about from the past that, you know, were known for having drug or alcohol issues and people wouldn't intervene. They'd just be like, oh, they're the star, it's fine. They can, that's just what makes them who they are. But these days, that's changed as well. Yeah. Oh, he came through Glossop, uh, Tony Slattery. This was before the pandemic, I believe. Uh, came through Glossop, we watched him. We watched him in one of the venues uh, in the town center and yeah he, he explained quite a few things about his life that was intense and very stressful and i hated one part of the show where somebody heckled him which which was quite insensitive because the man had started talking about his life getting more and more difficult why would anybody why would anybody heckle that moment it was really it was very insensitive i remember it was just a very random memory from that show but you're right he he's had he had a difficult time and i i've i'm gonna remind myself to look up what happened because they were trying to get his show back on the um they were trying to get him to the edinburgh fringe festival that year so I'm going to look up what happened, actually, in a bit. Um, also, I think, who's lying? It's been a great way for lots of people to bond over the years. I know we bonded over watching it uh, after we sort of first met and we were hanging out. We'd often just sit there and, and watch episodes or clips of Who's Line. Uh, we'd listen to lots of hoedowns, for example, and then like try our own versions of hoedowns and things like that. And one of my oldest friends, Sam, we've been friends since we were 16, you know, we would spend many a, a, an hour or a day just sitting together, laughing, watching classic episodes of Who's Line. And I've heard stories from other people, you know, that, that found like a Who's Line friend and that was them set for life. You can just, you know, that you can just hang out with this person and enjoy this show together and that guaranteed a laugh. Yeah, yeah. So we've, we've talked about our favorite improvisers. I think all of them were really good. Um, I've just remembered when you said Jeff, it didn't quite click until I realized he's the one who was always in a suit, right? Yes. Yeah. Always in a suit. And my, he could sing with Wayne as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's very good. Different, different styles as well, because the way they gelled together in their songs was quite different from when if he sang with somebody else if Wayne Brady sang with somebody else so yeah it, yeah it, in the newer version of it as well that I used Tyler hosted version there's there's Anthony who does a lot of singing but also Keegan-Michael Key like Keegan-Michael Key is like a big guy in Hollywood now he's everywhere he's in movies he's in tv shows and yeah, yeah I love him on Who's Line too. Yeah, I, I love him on Schmegadoon, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> different show, different show. But yeah, um, I think more and more shows out there 
reveal that their script can either be improvised, heavily improvised, or some of its best scenes have been improvised, actually, and they were a big success. You got shows like White Lotus saying that, and uh, Schmigadoon, I imagine, has a level of improvised. Yeah, I think to it outside of the dances, but if he's on that show, then I imagine he gets some leeway. I think the more I've learned about improv, I can see in shows and films now when I watch, and and I can see like little things that happen. I'm like, oh, that was totally improvised. You can sort of work out because you can often tell that that they're kind of laughing at things themselves when they've come up with it. I think. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. With with the new version, I don't. I have not really gone out of my way to find them to look for them. I have a lot of this nostalgia for Drew Carey's versions, and I watched the British ones because of Josie Lawrence. That that's what spurred me to just keep trying to look for episodes. But for the Aisha Tyler ones, yeah, they're there. They they they're still rocking the stage, um, but. It's curious that I've not actually actively looked for them. I think Whose Line Is It Anyway was there when I needed that kind of inspiration when I was a child. And now, the big difference is I'm in a world where I realize normal people like myself and yourself, other people who love the craft, they don't have to be on TV to do it. That improv is something accessible to people like us on the ground and that that we've made it our own thing as well with the groups that we're in the classes we can easily find in Liverpool and online so we found that it goes beyond that like it's a, it was a wonderful way to discover improv but it was like a gateway a gateway show wasn't it and we've since found so many things inside that have a lot more scope after yeah so yeah it, it's a great show it's introduced so many people to the art form and it has put smiles on many many faces for pretty much the entirety of, of my lifetime i think decades and decades yeah yeah <laughs> so this was just a nice little chat about a show that we love and we know lots of other people that listen to the show love because many times when I interview people on this show, it, the conversation comes around to talking about whose lines it anyway. Lots of people will talk about Ryan and Colin in particular, but yeah, it's nice that we've been able to like shine a light on some of the other members of, of the cast from the various shows today as well. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it, it, the nostalgia is strong for the show, but my life is made so much richer by actually knowing real improvisers who are out there in the world with jobs during the day and improv outside, and we've made real connections with them. At least the people who just, they get it. They get that improv is about togetherness and community and knowing how to support each other in a social context and none of that none of the like any community we are plagued by those who would sort of uh, try to throw a spanner in the works but on the whole i feel lucky that we have kept close to us the people 
who just get that spirit of camaraderie and whose line is it anyway uh, how do we connect that to this you can see that some of them um would it's great that it's recorded on television they they would support each other you could see if things really did go wrong in a scene or something they they were caught supporting each other they were caught trying to make the other improviser uh, get to the end of the scene with an arc a story arc a character arc and that's like one tiny little short form game so if you can do that in a tiny little one minute two minute short form game you just magnify that and you've got like real life and you have the the kind of spirit that the best the, the best improvisers i know have which is one of support and just positivity without without massive pressure or 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 just a lot of um yeah yeah and that's another story <laughs> Well, there we go. So it's uh, thank you to Who's Lines Anyway for being so wonderful and inspiring so many of us. And thank you to Seki for coming on and just having a chat about it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Uh, ultimate favourite show of my childhood. So thank you for letting me gab on and on about it for for the last, I don't know, half hour or so. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, a pleasure as always. Ah, uh, ditto. Well, thank you so much to Seki for stepping in there and having that wonderful chat with me. I hope everyone listening enjoyed our little walk down memory lane there, talking about things that we like about whose line is it anyway. If you've got some things that you think, hey, you should have you should have said about this or about that, then let me know, get in touch, and maybe you can come on and give give your thoughts on whose line or give your thoughts on on anything else uh, improv topic wise. Um, if if you are interested, by the way, in getting into improv and you want to try out a different improv scene then all the information you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk and you can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram just search for at Live Comedy Improv if you want to check out this show specifically you can find this show on Facebook just by searching for the Liverpool Comedy Improv cast if you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird and we'll make arrangements as soon as possible I've already mentioned uh, some of the great things coming up through LCI over the next um, month or so and I just want to tell you about a gig that will be coming up that I'll be a part of as well in about a month it's the 1st of July it's going to be uh, Hanky Panky Pancakes so Seki and I regularly put on shows at Hanky Panky Pancakes now and we invite different teams to come and perform and on that particular night we're going to be inviting Glossop Improv to perform um, because Seki and I are also part of Glossop Improv uh, we're going to get the opportunity to perform with some of our Glossop Improv friends as well so if you want to come down there'll be tickets going on sale for that soon so look out for those it's a really great venue great people run it the food is amazing and if you're not into pancakes it's fine because they do have savory uh, options as well that aren't just pancakes um they have uh, an alcohol license so there's that as well but it's just a great atmosphere great vibe and a great way to experience improv so that's pretty much it for this episode i hope to be back in two weeks with another episode and as i say 
I'm still sort of coming out of, of the effects of COVID and I'm a bit low energy, but I, I'm hoping to be back to my busy ways very soon, booking in all sorts of uh, fantastic, exciting guests for the show. As always, if you are listening on Apple or Spotify, can you please leave us a lovely little review, give five stars, write some positive words, because little things like that really do help to boost a show and get our name out there. If you want to follow me on social media in any way, shape or form, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, even LinkedIn these days. Just search for at Ian Luke Jones and you'll find me basically everywhere you think you might possibly find me. Yes, I will be there. And that is pretty much it. Once again, just a big thank you to Seki for helping me out this week and having a wonderful chat about whose line is it anyway. And now it's time to go. But before I do, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv. And yes, and...